you are listening to a brand new summer season of the Tenuto Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, and here we go. Welcome to the Tenuto Podcast. I'm your host here, Kevin Lynch, and for our diehard fans, yes, that was brand new introduction music because we have a brand new summer series coming every week this summer. I'm going to be sitting down doing an interview with somebody new, an expert in beginning band or middle school band. And here's my thought here. There are some things that I've learned since getting my own program here in Virginia that I need to do a better job of. So I'm going to interview, I'm going to sit down with people who I know are absolutely fantastic at these things. For example, Steve Patterson, who I interviewed for this episode. Every single time I hear his band, they play with phenomenal tone. The tone quality that he gets his musicians to play with is absolutely incredible. So I decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Steve, I'm going to sit down with Steve, and we're going to just talk about tone. So that's really the idea behind this. Um, This summer series, I'm calling it Coming Back Stronger because we all went through these adversities of, of COVID and a virtual year of learning. But the goal is that, you know, I'm gonna work on my weaknesses. I'm gonna make the weaknesses of our band our strength and we're gonna come back stronger this year. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about Steve Patterson. So I'm a band teacher here in, in Northern Virginia and Steve, is a band teacher in the same county as me. He's been in our county for about 15 years. He's at Drew Middle School. I'm, I'm over at Shirley High Middle School. Um, and as a first year teacher, one of the first things I did was I went over to Drew Middle School and I sat for a day and I observed Steve. And the number one thing that, that I took away from watching Steve was the ability to play with such amazing tone his students played with such amazing tone i was in awe i was seriously i was like wow a middle school band can sound like this and you know through the years here i've got to watch his bands more through you know our band assessments and he actually asked me to come listen to his bands play a pre-assessment concert and little things like that And every single time I've been blown away with what a beautiful tone his bands get to play with. And, you know, we have meetings, you know, we've had meetings this virtual year about once a week where all the middle school band teachers got together and talked. And, you know, every time Steve talked, he was talking about doing chorales or doing things where he was where the kids were listening. And every time he started talking about the things he was doing, I I always want to be like, hey, man. Can you tell me a little bit more? Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing? Because that sounds so incredibly interesting. But I know that, you know, if I had done that, these meetings would probably go five or six hours. So I just decided, hey, Steve, let's sit down and talk strictly about tone. Um, And he was more than willing. It was incredible. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Steve Patterson. So we now welcome on Steve Patterson from Drew Middle School. Uh, Steve and I have been working together now for the past five years, but he's been in Stafford, you know, way longer than I have. Steve, how long have you been at Drew? 
Uh, this is, I'm finishing up my 14th year. So I actually started here in 2007. And this is the only place that I've ever worked. So next year will be year 15. Wow. Oh my gosh, man. That's awesome. 15 years at that school. That's yeah, awesome. It, it, you, when you find your place, you find your place. So I've just, I've just kept building and growing here and I've, I love it here. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you know, you're somebody I've looked up to since I've been here. One of the first things I did when I got here was I got to, you know, sit in with your class and spend a day with you and i still like remember that to this day like some of the things you did yeah uh, thank you. The... I, I remember that as well that was awesome you came in <laughs> played some trombone with my uh with my older kids yeah <laughs> and like i don't know one of the things i've noticed about your ensembles is the way they play with just incredible tone and i feel like in our band director meetings you know in the county you talk about you always you always work on playing with a good sound to start with your beginning bands and I was wondering, what are some of the things that you do, like from the moment you get these kids in the beginning bands to consistently get such a good sound? Yeah, so the first thing I, I think about is talking from tone from day one. The minute they get their instruments and they start making some sort of noise is talking about having a good tone quality. And, and starting that conversation early is, is just, I think, extremely important. So they know that it's not just making noise it is making a good noise and, and it is definitely noise at first. I compare it to, you know, slaughtering cows and then the next day it's just a herd of, you know, herd of pigs. And then we go through different, you know, animal sounds, but it's just getting that, that really good tone quality. But um, one of the exercises I do early on, it's, it's long tones without long tones. It's see you can play the note the longest. Yeah. And, when you have students that try to play longer and longer, you can tell the, the students that play with a good sound and have good breath support and have a good embouchure can usually play longer. And yeah. they're usually the, the quieter sounds at the beginning. And so you have all these loud, obnoxious noises and they die out in the first five, 10 seconds. And then you have these really good sounds from then. And then you try to get them to compare, okay, what can you do differently? all right, let's fix your air support. Maybe we don't need to blast as much sound at the beginning. And then um, just working on long tones, but don't call it long tones, make it into a game. But you yeah. have to make sure the flutes have their own competition or else they always lose. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, that's you, true. Because I've, I've done this before and the flutes are always out after like, you know, they're always the first ones out and it's like, oh man. So what do you do with the flutes? You just have them all play at the same time? Yeah, so I'll, I'll have them join and I'll say, okay, that wasn't really fair, fair. you know, flutes lose <laughs> half their air. We're, we're going to have our own separate flute competition. And then, you know, and then we just do the flutes and see who can, uh, who can be longer in, in that. And then I have, I have my percussionist. Um, they're going to count out the beats. They're going to they're gonna play just quarter notes during yeah. that time and, and try to keep, a, you know, play it on either mallets or snare or bass drum or whatever we want to hit on on that day. But um, just... You know, when you when you play long tones and you play a quote unquote exercise, then they see it as that. If you don't tell them what it is, then they'll they'll have a little bit more fun with it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good idea. And and I I just like the way that you what you take away from it, because I've done that exercise before, but I haven't necessarily been like, huh, this can actually like show who's who's doing really well with tone and embouchure by those who are holding the longest. So, yeah, really interesting. Um Okay, what about like seventh and or eighth grade? Like maybe the more advanced students. Like if I were to say, "Hey, can you come work with my eighth graders on tone for like an hour?" I don't know. What What would you do 
if you had a full class devoted to tone? Um, uh, first thing I do is start out with some sort of long tones just to get them warmed up and playing, not really talking about it as tone quality, just a, a warm up. You know, I like to, to think of teaching band as being a coach in a sport. Yeah. The, the, the warm up at the, uh, at the beginning, you don't always need to know why you're just warming up and yeah. us as coaches or us as teachers, we're going to know the reason for the warm-ups, but we don't actually have to tell the student that. Yeah. And so when we get these longer sounds, we just it's just to warm up your lungs. It's to warm up your air. It's to warm up your instrument. What's really we're just getting that tone quality better. Um, I love crowds and I love crowds as a warm-up. Um, especially next year, it's gonna be even more important to to, to play more musical things as an ensemble. Yeah. And just playing easier corrals. And then what I like to do is what I like to call the instant replay. So we play something and I immediately record them. I don't tell them anything to fix or adjust. I record them and then immediately turn it around and let them hear themselves. So many times we talk at students as yeah. directors because we do know more, but a student's not going to truly understand what good tone is until they hear it. And then, oh, oh man, I, I messed up this part. I played so loud, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Or my sound sounds off. What is that? Well, it's because you're playing too bright or you're using too much mouthpiece or, you know, and then we, you can adjust and fix. And then we work on a little bit longer and then I record them again. And so I, I record often in my classes with immediate feedback because I can stand up in front of the class and tell them, what they're doing and what they should be doing, but until they actually hear what they sound like, they're not gonna have that buy-in to fix it. I started recording about, probably about 10 years ago every day once digital recording became easier. And the growth that my bands had at that point was, was crazy because they're hearing themselves. They're able to, to say, okay, now I sound like this. So what can I do to fix it? And they start to understand what they actually sound like. And you can have them listen to great players, but in their ears, they sound like great players. Yeah. And so I, I, I like to think of myself when I speak at concerts, I hate listening to my voice. I hate <laughs> listening to my voice. It's, it's whiny. It's nasally. I don't think I ever sound like that on a daily basis, <laughs> but I think I have this great booming voice that, you know, sounds fantastic. But every time I listen to it back, it's like, wait, I sounded like that? I let someone listen to me speak. And my students always tell me, you sound like that every day. That's exactly yeah. what you sound like. And so it's our, our ears hear differently. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true, man. Because I, yeah, I mean, like this podcast right now, like I hate listening back to these. And, and they're always so good. But it's like, man, that's what I sound like. like man, I said that. I don't know. So you're right. Like, you're so right about that. And, and I don't do that enough. And that's something I did a lot in like private lessons in college where I would record or my teacher would record me and we listen back. And uh, and I, I would do that a little bit, maybe my first couple of years. But since I've been at at my school now, um, I don't do that enough. And I think that that's so smart to record because you're right. They might think that they just sound amazing or or when you're saying hey, fix this. They don't know exactly what they sound like. They just are listening to what you're saying and they're like, okay. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I just took a note down. I, 
this has been so informative so far, Steve. So so thanks for for doing this. Seriously, of course. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying, yeah, of course. I, I I love talking about this, and I I steal ideas all the time. And um, even when you 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 came and listened to my bands um, after I was out, and it just it it helped it, it helps refocus. And and that's why yeah. the the more ideas get in, and and these students are smart and. Sometimes they'll hear something that I'll, I'll miss because I'm not thinking the same way they are. Yeah, yeah. So thinking back a couple of years ago, I know you were on paternity leave. You were out. You had, you know, the birth of your your two kids. Um, do you see any similarities between coming back from that paternity leave and coming back to school in person with everybody next year? Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I. I fortunately have some practice with this after a long yeah. break. Um, but yeah, the, when I came back from paternity leave, I, I was gone from October 2018 to January 2019. And so especially my beginners who only, I only taught them for a month and a half. When I came back, it, it was, it was chaos. And I, I'm assuming that it's going to be chaos again. Um, but what I, what I, what I learned from that is if you take it slow, the students will respond. Um, they're eighth graders now, the students that I had, the beginners that I had in sixth grade. And yeah. I feel more of a connection with them than I have with, than a lot of my other grade levels because we work through something together. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know how it would be when I came back or when I left and I didn't really sleep a whole lot the first month and a half. So we we were experimenting um, together, so I see I see a lot of similarities between the two. The fact that some students just haven't been playing, yeah. and so that that there's there's definitely and that that happened when I came back as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, do you do you plan on doing anything differently next year? Like I know in a normal year you probably have your your normal way of starting the year similar exercises do you plan on doing things differently to start next year absolutely i i'm going to stay out of the the traditional method book a lot i don't yeah. I, I i the the technique that can wait um talking to my students that i've had in the building they're missing playing as a group and so i'm going to start early on even if it's just grade half music corrals um starting over with some easier technique stuff, just building up that confidence. But I, I know a lot of my students struggled playing at home because it was boring playing by yourself in a room. So yeah. they didn't always do it. And and I don't I don't blame them. Band is fun because we get to play and and work as a group. So I'm gonna stay out of the book. I'm not gonna worry about auditions as much. I'm not gonna worry about um, scales and techniques and do a little bit of that but spend most of it on ensemble development especially with my um, my second year players because they haven't had any of it and yeah. so just getting them into a room and listening to each other and working on balancing on some easy notes and chords and um, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to change next year because of the pandemic is letting students have a lot of choice in what they play Ooh, when it comes okay. to concerts and assessments and um, just getting them to buy in 
is is going to be key. And if they pick their music and, and you know, I'll, I'll help guide them through that. But if they have a part of that process, I think they'll really enjoy that. I did that this year and I want to definitely keep that um, yeah. up for next year. That's a really good idea. So so how do you do that? I mean, do you just send them out to like JW Pepper and say like, hey, look for music or do you like pick a few, have them listen? Yeah. So what I did this year and what I've been doing for the past week now that we haven't had instruments is I, I pick about five and I put it in a Google form and they look up their music on smart music and we'll play it. And then they'll have to write a couple notes and the notes about it could be my part's really boring or the clarinet part in this song is really, really high. Um, or it could just be, I don't like it. Yeah. That's fine. Any, any, any type of notes is good. And then they rate it and then they vote on it um, through, they pick their favorite. And then our, what I did for when we picked uh, earlier music is I took the top two because they were really close. And then I change or I, I let them choose between those two. And yeah. then the the final one, it was pretty cut and dry at that point, but I, I guided them through that process. So I picked, uh, I think I picked six that they got to choose from. So, and I picked ones that I thought they'd be successful at, and then they yeah. got to pick from there. So yeah. I'm going to do the same, same type of thing in that aspect. Oh, I love that. I love how you, you told them to write down notes. That's that's really cool. That's a really good idea. Or even on Canvas, you know, make a discussion post or something. Um, yeah, that's really, really cool. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you. Um, that's all the, the questions I have for you here. Before we go, though, I want to do a quick rapid fire section session where uh, basically I just ask you some random questions and you just tell me the first thing that pops into your head. OK. All right. I got it. All right. All right, so first question, Steve. Uh, how many cups of coffee do you have a day? Three. Three. Okay, and like what times? Like are they all together? Are they all like sporadic? Most of them are in the morning. I'll, I'll say most of my coffees drink between, uh, let's say, six and ten. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, favorite sport to coach? Uh, field hockey for sure. And, that, you know, I've coached a lot of different sports, but um, I really fell in love with that game. I'm a, I'm a, I grew up as a hockey fan, um, ice hockey fan, inline hockey. I, I played all that growing up. And then when I moved to Virginia, I got the opportunity to coach field hockey, and I loved it. Loved yeah. It. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so we both use essential elements. Um, we, you probably have a bunch of these just stuck in your head throughout the year. What's your favorite essential elements exercise? Number 14, it's rolling along. And, <laughs> and, and I think I like that one, and, and I hate to admit it, but it's, it's the first time out of the year that they get to play a piece that they know. And yeah. you can see the excitement when they do it. And oh. so it, it sometimes doesn't sound like that, but it is 100% it is my favorite. It, it kind of shows me where we're at. Yeah, that's a really I – like, I like your reasoning behind that. That's awesome. Uh, Okay, let's say you're being asked to do an honor band event. What's one piece you already know would definitely be in your program? Do, do we do we have certain grade levels? Uh, it could be whatever you want. Okay, so um, there is a piece, and I don't know why I can't. It's called Shipwreck. It's by Ryan Allen, and um, it has some really cool effects. It's played in the concert concert A flat, so honor bands could definitely handle it. I probably played that. Um, three times so far in my career. Okay. And I'll look forward to re a shipwreck. It's a great piece. It's a great programmatic. Um, every time I've played it, it's been one of the favorites. Awesome. All right, Steve. 
that's it, man. Thank you so much. That was awesome. I feel like I learned more from that interview than I have in a long time. Well, I'm glad. I I, I, I always love talking with you. It's, yeah, it's always a, a good time. All right, so that was Steve. He's pretty phenomenal. He's got some pretty incredible ideas. I'm lucky to know him. I'm lucky to work in a county with him. If you like that, if you're looking to see or hear more of that kind of thing, you know, maybe on intonation or rhythm or organization, all these things, I'm going to be talking with experts in the field about these 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 ideas. Every single Tuesday of the summer, I am so much looking forward to sharing that with you. If you are interested, like our page on Facebook, like our page on Twitter, check out our website, and stay tuned because next Tuesday, we've got another great interview coming for you. This is Kevin Lynch signing off. See you next Tuesday.